with fats, most fats are going to be obvious. Some fats in foods are going to be hidden, so you're not sure that you're eating them. One thing we need to realize is that lipids are all going to be very diverse, but they're all going to have one thing in common. They're not going to dissolve in water. Lipids will include fatty acids, glycerol, phospholipids, and sterols. Each one will have a different structure, which means it has a different function, and each will affect the properties of foods differently. To start with a fatty acid, what we basically have is a chain of carbons, and the two ends are always going to be the same. It's the stuff in the middle that's going to be different. So in this figure, the left end is the acid end, or the alpha end. The right end is the methyl end, or the omega end, and you need to know which end is which. If we take these two ends and we say these are always the same, therefore the simplest fatty acid would be acetic acid, which means you stick the two ends together. What happens in the middle again will be different. These are going to vary in chain length from a few carbons to over 20 carbons. And what we're going to do now is categorize these things. So there's four ways we can categorize. One is number of carbons in the chain. Two is bond types between those carbons. Three is the position of the hydrogens around the double bonds. And four is the location of the bonds between the carbons. So we're going to start with number of carbons in a chain. We talked about these in digestion, but we didn't define them. A short chain fatty acid is two to four carbons long. These are typically liquid at cooler temperatures and milk fat in the refrigerator would be an example. Medium chain fatty acid is six to 12 carbons long. These can be solid when they're cold. They can be liquid when they're warm. A long chain fatty acid is 14 to 24 carbons. Typically solid at room temperature, an example would be the fat on a piece of beef. Most fats in plants and animals are going to be between 14 and 22 carbons long. Okay, second we have the types of bonds between the carbons. The first figure is of a saturated fat. That means all the bonds are filled with hydrogens. Most saturated fats remain solid at room temperature, but of course there will be some exceptions. Vegetable sources will be coconut oil and palm oil. These would be the tropical oils. And these saturated fats are typically used by the food industry to increase shelf life. So they're in cereals, crackers, cookies, salad dressings. The most common saturated fats are going to be palmitic acid at 16 carbons and steric acid at 18 carbons. The second figure is of a monounsaturated fatty acid. This means it has one carbon-carbon double bond. The most common will be olive oil and canola oil. Polyunsaturated means it has more than one carbon-carbon double bond. This would be corn, soybean oil, sunflower, safflower oils. Fats in your diet are typically going to be a mixture of all of these things. You can take your time to look at this figure, but it basically breaks down some of these oils between saturated and unsaturated. As far as unsaturated goes, you want less than 7% of your total energy intake to be saturated. Polyunsaturated, 10% uh, of your total energy intake. You all already know that saturation affects health. Diets high in saturated fat is one of the major causes for an increase in cholesterol, and we'll discuss the mechanism behind that later. Typically, you can tell when things are saturated because they're solid. But of course, there's going to be exceptions. Not all saturated fats are solid. Chain length plays a factor. 
So if something is saturated, but is short chain fatty acid, it's typically liquid at room temperature. If something is medium chain fatty acid, it's also typically liquid at room temperature. Something long chain is typically solid at room temperature. So it's easy to tell the solid things, but the liquids, you have to make sure of what you're eating. As far as unsaturated fatty acids go, chain length is not a factor. They're typically just going to be liquid at room temperature. This brings us to this idea of spoiling or rancidity. As double bonds break down, things are said to go rancid. All fats can spoil, but especially polyunsaturated fats. This means they have more than one carbon-carbon double bond. These double bonds break down when things are exposed to oxygen, light, and heat. So the higher the amount of unsaturation, the more susceptible it is to go rancid. Oxygen can attack the double bond, uh, light can attack the double bond, heat. Okay, This isn't a problem for you. You can typically smell or see spoiled food. This is really bad for manufacturers. It's going to decrease this shelf life and their products won't last as long. So they need a strategy to increase shelf life. There's, there's more than three ways to protect food from spoiling, but the three we're going to talk about are refrigeration, which is simple, antioxidants, and then the process of hydrogenation. Refrigeration protects from heat. Antioxidants, com antioxidants compete with the oxygen attacking the double bonds. And there's two synthetic man-made antioxidants. One's called BHA, the other is BHT. Hydrogenation is the addition of hydrogens to the carbon-carbon double bond. This increases the, number, the amount of saturation and decreases the amount of double bonds. This makes the product more stable and it makes it more solid. You have to remember if you change the structure, you change the function. This is really good for manufacturers. It will increase the shelf life. This is bad for you because we're decreasing the health benefit. We're decreasing the unsaturated fat content. In terms of positions of the hydrogens around the double bonds, saturated fats, again, they're, they're completely saturated. They're linear, and that means these carbons are packed tightly together. Things that are unsaturated have a kinked shape, a loose organization, and they typically melt at lower temperatures. If we look at these carbon-carbon double bonds, uh, the, the top figure is of a cis form, and that means the hydrogens are on the same side, and trans, the bottom figure, means they're on opposite sides. This affects the shape, and again, shape dictates function. So the cis, if you notice, it folds back onto itself, kind of, it's very open, but it's in a U formation. Trans is more linear. It's much more similar to a saturated fat. Fats typically found in natural foods um, are in the cis formation. The issue is, is when is a natural fat is hydrogenated, some of those hydrogens can shift, and they're going to shift into the trans formation. So trans is found very minimally in nature. It's typically formed during processing. The issue with trans fat is that their safety is questioned. They raise the LDL and lower HDLs, to nearly the same extent as a saturated fat. Therefore, trans fat intake can increase risk of heart disease. 
Um, some of the problem was there was public pressure to eliminate these tropical oils from processed foods because they were saturated. So the industry did us a favor and used hydrogenated oils. Um, now that we figured that out, there's a big push to eliminate these trans fat from our products. This leads us to location of the first carbon-carbon double bond. So again, the omega end is the methyl end, or in this figure it's the left end. So omega-3 means the first carbon-carbon double bond is three places away from the methyl end. This is called alpha-lenolenic acid, or ALA. It's 18 carbons long and has carbon-carbon double bonds at the 3, 6, and 9 position. Typically it's in vegetable oils, um, fish oils, and something we'll talk about later called EPA and DHA. The bottom figure is an omega-6 fatty acid, so of course the first carbon-carbon double bond is six places away from the methyl end. This is lenoleic acid, or LA. 18 carbons long, carbon-carbon double bonds at the 6 and 9 position. The issue with these omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids is that they're basically essential. Your cells in your body can only produce a carbon-carbon double bond after the ninth position from the methyl end. That means the 3 and the 6 are essential, which of course means you have to get them from your diet. These essential fatty acids go on to, what's produce, to produce what's called an eicosanoid. These help regulate key physiological functions, GI tract motility, blood clotting, expanding and contracting of blood vessels, blood pressure, and inflammation response. And we'll talk about that more later. Also in class, we'll discuss the different functions of omega-3 and omega-6, um, where you can find them, and then what their adequate intake is.